velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scored. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and this week I'm delighted to be joined by Bath fan Henry. Henry, welcome back onto the Bath Rugby Plug. How are you? I'm very well, G. Thanks very much for having me back. Yeah, you've uh, been on previously with Tom to to review the first game against Bristol. So it must be whenever we have you on that um, Bath go close, but but lose in agonising fashion the the week the, the weekend that was. That's a good point. Actually, I hadn't I hadn't thought of that in relation to the Bristol game. <laughs> At least it wasn't after the defeat against Irish and others where we um, weren't as close. But um, we're getting closer. Uh, there's some positive vibes this week. Certainly are, and we record on uh, Monday evening. And you went to the, the Stonex on on Saturday afternoon, and I think you've just got back. Is that right? <laughs> it, it isn't as close as you would ever think living in London, <laughs> trying to get to Barnet. Um, it is in the middle of nowhere, it seems, but um, back safe and sound. Good to hear. What was, before we come on to, to talk about the game and, and everything that went on, what was the experience like at the Stonex? It's a ground that I've never actually been to um, and kind of a combination of the, yeah, how far it looks like it is to get to and the side that play there isn't one that has really tickled my fancy too much. How how was it? So, I mean, positive uh, vibes for me. I, I mean, they've obviously they've just built a new stand, a new West Stand. They obviously invested that CBC money into building it. It's very impressive. Um, seats have got loads of room, um, but yeah, it, the atmosphere is a little bit muted. I think. Um, I mean, the Saracens fans are all very, very nice. Um, one of the nicest welcomes I've ever had at a game. Perhaps they felt super sorry for me pre-match, <laughs> um, what I was letting myself in for. But um, incredibly. Uh, knowledgeable crowd really friendly uh so from that perspective great just yeah they only had a gate of around eight thousand. there's palpable empty seats and it just seemed a shame mm. uh with the sides that were on show but i think yeah everyone's struggling but yeah it was it was a little bit obvious that there were a few empty seats but i would certainly i know we've got a terrible record there uh but i would certainly recommend getting down there if you can because um it was certainly a good experience from a spectator point of view. Maybe next season I'll get there or, or maybe for the, the semi-final that we play there uh, when we scrape this season into the final, <laughs> I'll make it. And that's Take a promise. That if, we, if we get fourth and have a away semi-final at the Stonex, I promise I'll be there. <laughs> um, obviously another Same. defeat for Bath on Saturday, which we're going to talk about. We'll also 
then look ahead to the game against Northampton Saints on Saturday at the Rec. Both um, both of us, Henry, I think, are a little bit optimistic about that. So we'll come on to to all of that on a day, another pretty sad day for Premiership Rugby, as it was confirmed that Wasps will be going into administration as well and and likely cause a, a rejig of the the fixtures for the rest of the season and Bath again, like other clubs, will will probably look to. Scheduling other fixtures, but but a fixture that was certainly was the one at the Stonex on Saturday and and thirty seven thirty one. It looked like it might be similar to the result at the wreck against Saracens Henry after two minutes when when Alex Good scooted through um, a gracious bath defence to to dot down. What was the? Yeah, I bet it seemed like a long way from home then. Yeah, I think as you said. The, the writing was on the wall, Schroeder getting charged down and then the defence not reorganising quickly enough and it just seemed like it was the parting of the sea and he was sort of waved through and sort of, yeah, Gude's first game back couldn't have been a, a better introduction for him into the game. And yeah, at it, it, that stage, um, it seemed like we were in for a hell of a long afternoon. I think um, on commentary at that time, they were saying, that Saracen's ruck speed was 1.5 seconds, which was incredibly quick. And <laughs> it just looked like we couldn't slow their ball down and they were being accurate and the, the old Sarri's way. And yeah, at it, it, that stage, it felt like we could be looking at a defeat on the similar scale that we experienced last year at the wreck. And especially given, I guess, our first half performances this season, I think also on the commentary, they mentioned the the fact that we were minus 83 over the course of our first five games um, in the first half, which was comfortably the worst. The second worst were Newcastle, who who were minus 32. Um, but despite sort of everything seeming like it was going against us, I thought we, we played after that good try. We played so much better in that first half, I think, the defence was was far more secure. We we looked quite threatening with it in with ball in hand. I think we looked more threatening in the second half, which will which we'll come on to. But we definitely shored up that defence, and I think Saracens taking taking p- p- points, kicking for goal on a number of occasions in that first half was was a massive compliment to Bath, a bigger compliment than I've paid to them this season on on the podcast certainly. Like I thought they'd be kicking to corner every single opportunity they had because they could see how weak we were. But we certainly fronted up in that in that first half and that that was that was impressive and and has not been the case this season. No, absolutely. And um yeah, they they looked really hungry in defence and it was the most attacking I've seen us in defence. And I think it also it was Miles Reed's best game since he came mm. back from injury. He was everywhere all over the ball. Uh, trying to slow it down, but yeah, the the defence had, had restructured and it was hungry. The line speed was there. There wasn't uh, gaping space on the edges where we've been exposed by so many teams uh, over the last year. There, there just wasn't that space. I think Ollie Lawrence has instantly come in and had an impact defensively. We'll talk about his offensive right. game later, but um, the way he just stands off. There was a there was a period in the first half when Newington appeared to have loads of space. And Lawrence just backed off five metres to give him that space and the, the covering defence could come across. So rather than having a line break on the outside, actually uh, going back five metres actually helped. And yeah, it, it we were super hungry. And you saw that with with Gallagher's try to, to mm. level things. Uh, Thokner Singer flew out the line 
absolutely hammered Gude, who knocked on. And then um, Gallagher, who I've been hugely impressed with this season. I think if I was to say uh, we had a standout performer this season, I'd actually say say it's him. He just seems like an absolute rock at the back uh, and showed his showed his speed for that for that try. He absolutely blew away daily uh, and Nozowski in the cover. So that was, uh, you know, it was against the run of play to get to seven all. And I think then we went 10, seven up with the Bailey penalty. So mm. we recovered really well from, from those opening two minutes, which was, which was pretty car crash. Yeah. I thought Gallagher was absolutely outstanding in particular in this game. As you say, we'll come on to Lawrence and, and the performance he had, but I think him aside, Gallagher was, was the, the, the best player in a Bath shirt on Saturday. That try, certainly. But yeah, a rock at the back is running ability, also good. And something that we've not really seen so far that we did see on Saturday was his left foot kicking for touch. And I know when we spoke to Johan van Gran or Tom spoke to Johan van Gran in pre-season, he mentioned the fact that he had a bomb of a left foot. And we saw that on, on Saturday with kicking to touch from penalties and also that 50-22 at the end of towards the end of the game which which put us within striking distance of the victory he was he was outstanding and I just wonder like with Tom DeGlamble close and, and potentially back against Northampton on Saturday this upcoming Saturday uh, it's crazy to think we potentially have a bit of a fullback battle in in there. I know Gallagher can play on the wing, but I think he's been so impressive at, at fullback. Who would you go with at, at 15 if they're both there? Yeah, and incredible to think that we, you know, DeGlandall's obviously been a standout performer over the last couple of seasons, particularly going forward when we've been struggling going forward. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be getting rid of Gallagher at the moment. I think the, the choice might be taken away if if Joe's ankle hasn't recovered I I understand that he is okay it's good that he's been named in the England squad today so that obviously means it's mm. it's nothing but precautions but be interesting to see how we line up in the back three um on Saturday I wouldn't be adverse to having De Glamble at 15 and Gallagher on the wing mm. um yes yeah, it's, it's so, good options with those number of injuries we've got on the wing, isn't it, with Muir as well. And um, yeah, those guys missing. I think having Gallagher's versatility is huge. Definitely. And it was nice to see McConaughey back uh, on Saturday making his first start of the season. He was um, not involved probably as much as he would wanted, although he had a a line break in that first half that we cut them open really nicely. Um, The final pass didn't go to hand, but he he looked sharp, he looked fast. but yeah, not a huge amount from him in attack, but but he will grow into the game as as we move forward. The Big Mac certainly will grow. And I think Bath grew in stature in that first half. But the the period kind of just before half time and just after half time was was so crushing, I think. It was 13-10, sort of in the clock with the clock in the red at the end of the first half. We conspired to give them a, a penalty, which Farrell kicked to make it 16-10 at half time. Frustrating that we let them get those extra three points, but but certainly not terminal. But then just on the stroke of the, the beginning of the second half, the Malinch try after um yeah, a pretty terrible pass from from Quinn Roo, um, which meant Maitlands went in untouched and, and suddenly Saracens were 23-10 up, 10-point swing in that short period. And I thought Whilst we did well to come back from, you know, not come back, but we did well to recover from that in part, 
that was such a key kind of turning point in the game. Like it just gave them that that clear water, which we never got back. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah the the penalty for sixteen ten, I thought was was really harsh on the mm. as you said on the sh- stroke of the clock. I think Bayless had ripped the ball in the air and had gone to floor holding the ball. Yeah, it was. And then he got then he got pinged for for not rolling away, even though he had the ball. And I. I thought that was incredibly harsh at the time. And then obviously Schroeder got done for, for the back chat because he felt the same as we did. Uh, so they got marched down <laughs> and then the kick went to the corner. And I think, yeah, again, at the time, the commentary was like saying Saracens had the best mall attack and we had the worst mall defence. And it almost felt inevitable they would score. So actually, Farrell taking the points was a little bit of a mm. a win for us going in at 16-10. But yeah, as you said, Quinn Roof, um, bit of rabbit in the headlights, finding himself in the centre with a bit of space. Um, decided to throw the hail mary, and yeah, it was. Yeah, Malins has has been gift wrapped some tries this season, but that's probably the easiest he will score. Um, and yeah, I I felt the worst after that, and especially when Darcy Ray got got binned as well, and they they scored those two tries in that period. I think then everyone in the stadium thought, okay, here comes the route. Um, but yeah, as you said, that that big points difference was ultimately too much to overhaul. We gave ourselves too much to do. And they, yeah, they, we've seen Elliot Stooks throw lovely miss passes from the second row, but it's just not really what we want them to be doing. And yeah, it was a, a shocking moment from, from Rue and certainly... I think by now he'll be getting some stick for that from from, from the Bath players, and yeah, the it nearly got away from from Bath in it in that second half with with a couple of soft tries. So that one that I mentioned, the daily one after the Darcy Ray yellow card, seemed to me like a soft yellow card, and then the the Lewington try after the Theo McFarlane break was was some pretty feeble defence from from Schumann in particular in that in that instance and yeah it certainly felt at that moment that it could have got away from us and I think it was really impressive that it didn't get away from us in that instance I think last season the season before we would just have rolled over and had our bellies tickled like we've happened so often but we didn't and that is credit to the players but also to to the coaches who have come in and installed a bit more fight into them uh they've also been lucky enough to install a, a fantastic outside center into this team and and he was uh he was a massive part to play and why that didn't get away from us particularly in the second half he was just unplayable he must have been a joy to to watch in person yeah absolutely um the, the best individual performance from a Bath player that I can remember ever, to be honest. Uh, it's all started from the first minute of the game from a Saracens knocked on. Um, and just before we conceded the try, they gave it to Lawrence, who just absolutely bulldozed Lazowski, uh, who you don't see that often. He's a pretty good defender. Um, and he just grew from, from there on. I think Opta came out with the stats today, um, pretty breathtaking in terms of, I think he's, beaten the most defenders of any Bath centre ever and this is only his <laughs> second game uh, I think randomly only Max Badilly for Exeter has beaten more defenders in a game uh, from centre so incredible statistics I think he, he made over 200 running metres which no one could ever dream of unless they're a fullback or a winger I think yeah I think uh, 254 running metres out of the 491 that Bath had and I guess that's also ruling out his 
running meters that he got for the disallowed try that, that yeah. for the Schroeder knock on, which which was soft, but but kind of discounts those meters as well. Just shows how just insanely impressive he was. Yeah, and I think he beat ten defenders. I think he almost, I think he beat a defender every carry. Um, <laughs> and obviously for the the Falcon Osega try, he he beat three men. Uh, so yeah, it was it was an absolute joy to watch, and it was appreciated by everyone at the Stonex. Everyone couldn't believe the the individual contribution he'd made, and it was a really good matchup against Daly as well because he's a man really in form, and he he showed his class as well. Um, so yeah, very interesting that both are left out of England squad today as well as Slade. I fully expected to see well, definitely one of the three. Um, but from a Bath perspective, I'm I'm not too worried. <laughs> Have him for a bit. if he can do that after one week, um, then imagine what he can do. That's going got forward. that's got to be the par level now. Like ten defenders beat at 254 meters. That's just what we expect from Lawrence <laughs> at this point. He was yeah, he was fantastic to to watch on the day, setting up the the Joe the Thock and the Seager tries you mentioned the. Um, uh, Joma, uh, the Adroma try and also almost having one of his own which was ruled out for what seemed to me to be a pretty crappy knock-on decision yeah I, as I said I don't think we got any rubber the green with the decisions going back to Daly's try if you re-watch it Reed has got the ball at the ruck clearly lifting it and it's a split second decision we don't get that and then yeah that um that disallowed try, I've, I've rewatched it. I, I can sort of understand, but it's for me, it's you know, they talk about clear and obvious. I don't think there's any separation of the hands. I think it's one, uh, I think it's one clear motion. I think if you get a most rucks in games, you'll see scrum halves moving Absolutely. the ball between their hands. And I, I thought that was incredibly tight. Um, certainly not clear and obvious, which is the words that they use. Um, and it would have been, again, one of the individual tries of the season. Um, and his offload, going back to the Ajomo try, the offload for that was just <laughs> incredible because he, he holds the ball up deliberately for wait for, for Max to, to get into space. And then it was, it was beautiful to watch. So, yeah, really harsh on, on that try. And I guess when you're bottom of the league, you sometimes don't get the rub of the green, particularly when you're away from home. But, yeah, as you said, I think that was a pretty harsh call on Schroeder. Yeah, breathtaking performance from from Ollie Lawrence and pretty breathtaking the way that Bath managed to get back to 37-31 with the Wesley White try on a, just on 70-71 minutes. And then it looked like we might go and actually win this and that sort of never seemed like it was a chart like a chance throughout the whole game to me and and despite that we had chances we had chances to win it. I'm thinking of the the Ajoma break down the right hand side when he decides to pass it back into to Tom Car Smith, the the substitute scrum half, where and Owen Farrell gets back to intercept it. And then the line out that we had on 75 minutes in that same area where we we managed to to overthrow it there. I just felt like we never had that killer edge to just take one of those chances um, and we may, you know, Saracens may have gone down the other end and scored the penalty. We may have missed the conversion, but incredibly away at the stone X, we feel like we've missed out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you'd offered me 
walking into the Stone X on Saturday after you'd offered me two points, I would have bitten your hand off. But when you get into those scenarios where you can win games, it's still still as frustrating as ever. And I think, you know, Johan's talked about confidence. You've talked about it loads on the podcast, the word confidence. I think if you've won games this season, if you've won two or three games this season, you do have that mm. that confidence there to to try and uh, edge out a win. But we, we're just not versed in, in doing it. We've forgotten how to to do that we've forgotten those pressure moments where we're in games to to actually execute and you know that's been a problem for years let alone trying to actually win games in the premiership so um frustrating uh obviously got turned over as well on 82 minutes at the end mm. just the the rock execution as well at the end they were tired i mean the fitness is is definitely back we, we seem to be storming second halves <laughs> um which certainly wasn't the case last year. So yeah, very disappointing. Particularly yeah, the the set piece stuff, which which is the bread and butter. That that overthrow on on seventy five minutes is, I'm sure, going to haunt them uh, with the turnover at the line out. That because our mall's going really well. Um, so I would have really fancied a crack there if we managed to set up a decent position because it it worked well during the game. We'd seem to have fixed the the line-out woes of last week when we lost, was it nine or 10 on our own throw? I think that was probably the first turnover of the day typically. So massive improvements, but it's just that that final execution that we just need to, we need to win a game basically. We need to get some confidence. But this, this is positive, right? Like Saracens who, let's be clear, weren't at their best. They weren't at the, the level they've been through the other games of the season. But that's also credit to Bath. And for us to be speaking in these terms, going away to Saracens after what after losing you know the first all of our rest of our games in the season is, is a positive and yeah you can certainly see the the pragmatic approach that Van Gran is trying to trying to install combined with some some yeah incredible play by by certain individuals got us close and got us got us two points got us closer to to London Irish as well one um, Ma on the day, however, Henry was the, the the rather serious looking injury to Will Stewart, Bath and England tight head in the first half. He hobbled off and Johan van Gran afterwards described it as a serious injury. I think, Henry, you managed to speak to him as well afterwards. What was the the vibe you got from, from that? I think, yeah, he was pretty disconsolate. Obviously, he didn't know the full extent of the injury so um often you don't with knees have to wait for swelling and scans and things but yeah he was he was i mean it looks bad when you're in crutches and a knee brace but he was he was really struggling to walk down the down the tunnel but yeah he just said look i really don't know fingers crossed um but it it looked bad he looked disconsolate um he was really struggling to put weight on it so fingers crossed i mean it didn't look like um it didn't look like a twist. It just looked like more of a, of a contact injury sort of taken sort of as his feet were sort of in, off the air, uh, sorry, off the ground. Um, but yeah, 130 guy kilos running into each other. You, you don't know what damage they can cause to a knee. So yeah, fingers crossed for him, but it, it looks bad to me. Mm. 
yeah, maybe he should have been in the in the tights to protect himself from the the bloody artificial <laughs> pitch. Shout out to to Nea Merrigan who nailed his prediction on last week's podcast that it would be Max Joma wearing tights at the Stone Oaks. It wasn't just the Joma; it was also Lawrence and McConaughey. I think were were the three. Yes. Um, they were sporting in, in the tights so yeah I don't know if they've got one big enough for Wooster but if they did maybe that would have that would have helped in those bloody artificial pitches um, before we move on quickly to the Northampton Saints game Henry why don't we get a quick Thicter scale reading from yourself 1 to 10 on the Thicter scale when you left the Stonex on Saturday what was the what was the reading well, it was pretty positive. It was helped by a few Guinness as well during the <laughs> afternoon um, and a couple of Wolf Packs, uh, the local lager. So that, I, was, I, was feeling, I was feeling pretty positive, uh, slightly upset, as we've discussed, that we didn't end up winning the game. But yeah, I was, I was feeling a fully 7, 8 out of 10, <laughs> as, much as, um, as much as you can for, <laughs> for ultimately losing. But two... Two bonus points at Saracens. I can't see many teams doing that this season. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was very positive. I think that's about right. And as Simon Howe points out on Twitter, let's hope we can actually build on this performance, unlike the decent performance in the first game at Bristol when we face Northampton Saints on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff at the rec a game which both yourself and I will be attending Henry and yeah I feel like I'm feeling a little bit optimistic about this one and then I thought I'll have a quick just double check of the table and find Northampton in third and I thought am I mad to to be optimistic going to the rec on Saturday uh, no I, I feel the same <laughs> I think I think every, every team with Northampton I think senses that they're their weak underbelly is their is their pack, although they have had the likes of Ribbons returning, who is an absolute beast. Um, so, but but that does seem to be an area that we can we can attack them. the The obvious worry is that their attack is so fluid, mm. and that they are scoring thirty points. And I watched the the Quinns game away a couple of weeks ago, and they were not in the game at all, but their attack kept them in it. They were bullied up front in set piece um it was a one team match and they stayed in it right to the end and caused some serious nerves from the Quinns fans so that is the concern that that you know we are still we did still leak 37 points ultimately on Saturday um and whilst we would take that at, at Saracens we, there's not many matches where we're apart from Gloucester last week where we didn't see the point in the second half uh there's still that issue of Saints are going to score. I can't see Saints not scoring 30 points. So can we, can we match it? Um, so that's the concern, but I am feeling positive, you know, going back to talking about attack. I thought Bart attack was the most fluid I've seen for years. Um, the passing was all out in front of players, which I know is basic skills, but something that we haven't been able to execute in, in years gone by. I thought Bailey was brilliant standing on the, on the game line and giving Redpath and Lawrence the ability to, to move into space. So that is massively encouraging. And the defence has sharpened out its centre. So, yeah, I'm feeling optimistic, but it's whether we can nail Saints def- defensively. Mm, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, right? Like, I think Northampton have conceded 194 points so far 
this season, which shockingly is second in the league, only behind Bar. So, yeah, you, you, you like to think it's going to be a high-scoring game and, and looking at the results across the, the Premiership this season and, and throughout the season, it, they're all high-scoring high scoring games. So, that Saints backline made up, I think, on Saturday when they beat Newcastle of almost in, or entirely homegrown products without Dan Bigger in there is really mm. potent and, and Bath will have to be scoring you think 30-35 points to, to win this game so if you are going like us you should be hopefully be, be in for a little bit of, of a treat uh, just before you go Henry and we, and we go why don't you give us a, a quick score prediction for, for Saturday afternoon Crikey put me on the spot yeah. um, <laughs> I am going to go. I think it's it's going to be. I mean, it's Bath, isn't it? So it's not going to be. If we're talking about a win, it's not going to be more than one score. We're not going to. We're not going to rout teams. Um, so I am going to go. Here we go. Bath thirty-five, Northampton thirty-two. That's that's exactly the score I had in mind, which is. A little bit weird, but also kind of indicative of the game that we think will be. Henry, thank you so much for rejoining us here on the Bath Rugby Plug. Thank you to all the listeners for listening as well. Um, follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug, particularly on Twitter, where we are definitely the most active. And Bath Rugby Plug at gmail.com. Hopefully see many of you down at the rec on Saturday and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.